You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Episode four of the podcast. Welcome to it. Cody Abrams and Melbourne. Thank you for joining us for another week. Remembrance Day coming up on Thursday. Don't forget if you haven't gotten a poppy yet, please do so. Uh, and uh, yeah, guys, great to be on with you again on this Monday as we're recording. How we doing? Pretty good, Harp. This past weekend, just spent uh, some time in the bush doing a little camping and had absolutely no service. On the way in, we started the hike in the dark because we had to get there after work. And we took one wrong turn and it turned a 3.5 kilometer hike into 10.10 kilometers. <laughs> um, and there's absolutely no service out there. And the Devils played on both Friday and Saturday. And on like Sunday, I was ready to climb a mountain and then climb the tallest tree on that mountain and hold the phone above my head with some tinfoil to try to find out if they won or lost. Yeah, because you're trying to find out the score <laughs> of the Leafs game because you're a closeted fan. Uh, Case, did you use the uh, gimbal that we purchased for Boys in the Booth at all? Did you get any good videos while you're camping? Well, hiking out um, in the black wasn't ideal for a gimbal. Yeah. <laughs> and then Sunday morning, I just didn't really feel like it. And when you're carrying like 50 pounds on your back, the last thing you're thinking about is a, a gimbal and taking videos. So Fair I ended enough. up not doing it, but... Uh, I'm uh, I'm planning on use it using it on my Europe trip. So yeah, fair we'll, enough. we'll save it for we'll save it for pond hockey this winter, Chad. Don't worry. Yeah, that's right. That's something else we need to get some good videos of too. But man, yeah, get some use out of it because like God knows, like Harp doesn't know how to operate it, and uh, I'm not doing anything <laughs> with it. So uh, get some use out of it. Um, Harp can't operate a pen. <laughs> yeah but uh overall guys like doing good you know uh nice checking in on on a monday night busy week for me this week i've got a midterm tomorrow i'm presenting uh on behalf of the detroit red wings in the mock uh arbitration proceeding on wednesday then if i go to the finals i'll be doing that on friday as well also on Friday, I have a graded seminar that I have to attend. And then on Saturday, Harper is coming up uh, to visit for the weekend. And we're going to watch some hockey and have some beers and hang out. So that's going to be fun. So overall, yeah. like, you know, busy week, but a lot to look forward to. So, uh, so yeah, th- things are good. Yeah, no, great stuff. And uh, I don't know if you saw, but over the weekend, guys, I uh, got asked to do some play-by-play of the Brockville Braves game. Uh, they uh, beat Navin 4-1 to at the Memorial Center here in, in Beeville. So uh, probably the first game I've done in close to two years, just with COVID and everything not being allowed in the rink. And uh, it was a lot of fun. So anyway, it was a good weekend and looking forward to a good week for sure. Harp, what is uh, like, is the capacity and everything in the Memorial center? Is it full or, or how did that? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's full. Like obviously uh, have to show, you know, proof of vaccination, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's all open now. And uh, it was, it was great to be back doing that kind of thing. Is there anywhere uh, uh, before we jump in, is there anywhere like where we can access that? Like I kind of, I haven't heard you call a game in a while. I'd like to listen in if it's available. Yeah. Well, um, like, Wit Profit, who we know, he's great to put like highlight videos together. So I can send you guys one. And uh, the problem is, it's like 
you need a hockey TV subscription to watch a lot of these junior games, right? Like that's kind of the main platform that's used. But uh, yes, there is a highlight video. I posted it on my Facebook page. I will send you guys a link after the episode for sure. Cool. Wonderful. Okay. All right. So episode 104, as we mentioned right off the top, and uh, we've got some stuff to talk about in this one. We'll start off with a little fantasy corner here in a sec. Uh, We'll do a little cap or no cap again this week and then talk about surprising slow starts to the 2021-22 NHL season. So how about a little fantasy corner here, guys? And uh, again, it was another tough week for me. I lost to uh, our good buddy, Alan at Mansky. Ball to the wall that's his team name uh he beat me by like 20 and uh he's got some good players he's got a couple of oilers i think he's got nuge and darnell nurse he's got sam reinhardt and uh anthony duclair just to name a few uh so anyway he pounded me and uh sitting at one and three now and it doesn't get any easier for me this week guys uh i'm up against my brother emerson hattrick swayze and uh he's three and one so I need some guys to step up for me offensively. Picked up Jordan Eberle after scoring that hat trick against the Sabres last week. So hopefully uh, he can continue scoring and uh, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, another rough week for me. So uh, what uh, what about you guys? A little fantasy update on, on your end. I had a huge win last week against Remy. Um, I, I think his team was in third going into this week, and, and I beat him pretty good. I had, like, the second most points in the whole league. was pretty thrilled about that, and then felt a little bad because Chad beat me in total points that week. But then I felt good again because Chad's put about 70 hours into the fantasy app, and I've put about, like, two and a half in. So that made me feel pretty good. couple just absolutely disgusting pickups by me that have been paying off just – unbelievably one of them kevin shattenkirk was just sitting in free agents yeah. like two weeks ago i was like i'll pick up kevin shattenkirk as like my fifth defenseman boom leads the league in points by a defenseman okay that's fun um okay i kind of need like a utility player a guy who could play center and a guy who could play wing uh i'll take a chance on duchenne uh two points per game everything <laughs> single game i've had him it's like oh my god why are these guys sick all of a sudden but it's working out pretty good for me and i'm liking the team i got another goalie mackenzie blackwood because he came off ir and uh i'm pretty certain i'm gonna beat Corey this week because half the time he has dry on the bench so i, I don't know if he's still playing oh uh, yeah. Corey, if you are listening to this <laughs> set your gd lineups yeah, man. Like he had 14 <laughs> points on the bench from Tricidal, and it was Dylan Finley who messaged me in the app, and he was like, oh. "He's like, man, do you know what's going on with mail order brides? Like, if he's not gonna play Tricidal, I'll take him off his hands." And like, that's what I want to avoid. I want to avoid guys like not paying attention and then making stupid trades. So, Corey, if you're listening, set your lineups, and uh, you know it's still early. You're 0 four and 0, uh, but then again, so is uh, my brother-in-law. <laughs> Cameron and he's been trying so you're not in too bad of shape there at 0-4-0 you've got a ton of time left so just you know take it for what it is right now and start to claw your way back into a playoff spot so uh, Case, I saw your last week. You had a really good week in terms of total points. Yep. Um, gr- great week for sure. Uh, I do want to chime in. I'm still number one in points four, even though I sit second in the entire league. So got to get uh, my wins up and keep those points four going. But 
yeah, so I want you to thank me, by the way, Case, because you're playing Remy, and Remy was on my ass all week. He wanted uh, UC Saros. He wanted Saros from me. He offered me like 15 trades, and he offered me a loan, and I just kept turning them down, turning them down, because he needed extra goalie games played to beat you, and I didn't make those trades. You went on to, to beat him by a decent margin, so so there you go. I, I would like to oh, feel like I played a part. Way to take that from me. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to feel like I played a part in your win there. So um, my, my week... I crushed Brandon Irving. It wasn't even close. Uh, 231 to 159. Another week, another win up on the board for me. Like, uh, Luke, if you're listening, and Luke Sheridan, uh, not Luke Vanderbaren. Luke Sheridan, in first place, the Meatheads. If you're listening, dude, I'm coming for you, and it's going to be this week, and I'm going to overtake you number one. Put it in your calendar. Mark it right now. I'm going to be number one at the end of the week, Luke. And uh, so you should be terrified. And just before we conclude so, here, oh, go ahead, Case. Hold on. I I want to jump in before you say that because I want to tweak it. Okay. I know you're going to go the top five, but I don't think yes. the top five changed. And LVB was talking to me and saying that, oh, like I've got some work to do to get a shout out on the pod because I'm in I'm in the bod- I'm in the basement right now. Okay. Barkhouse Beauties. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking instead because the top five hasn't changed, we should give a little shame and give the bottom five Ooh. and uh, call those guys out. I like that. I like that. Okay, let's do it then. Well, we already mentioned a couple of them. At number 14 and last in the league, that's Corey Morrell, the mail-order brides. He's 0-4-0. Uh, Set your line up. Just getting dummy with Dreisaitl <laughs> on the bench, getting 14 points a night. Uh, second last place is Cameron Murray. Uh, don't think he's too worried. He's having a baby in a week. He's extremely excited for that. Fantasy is at the back of his mind, but Cameron, come on, dude. Um, in third last place, we've got Brandon Irving uh, with the Horny Town only fans, 4 and 0 as well. Uh, so three teams, 4 and 0, just getting pumped every week. I will say though that Brandon at least has uh, a decently high total points for at 594. Uh, for reference, Cameron and Corey are both in the 400, so they're not even sniffing it. Uh, fourth last in the league, Casey already mentioned him here. That's Barkov's beauties, and that's uh, LVB, uh, Luke Vanderbaren. So got some work to do there. And uh, at fifth last in the league, we've got the 2021 Pepsi Pepsi Cup scoring champion, and that's uh, our very own Harper Cody at fifth last in the league <laughs> at 1-3-0. and So Case, I like that. Uh. Throw a little bit of shame instead of doing the top five. So maybe we can alternate week, week to week. We'll do that. Yeah, Luke's blaming it all on uh, Winnipeg, by the way. All the COVID and injuries there. He's got uh, Shifley and Wheeler, and that's just been killing him. And then, like, Barkov's been missing a couple games, and he's got a few injuries. Like, none of them on IR. So you can't drop these guys. Same as Rupe Hints. It's like you can't drop them. Yeah. But, like, I mean, I yeah, offered him a trade today for, for Blake Wheeler, and he declined. So, I mean, if you really want Wheeler gone, you want to do something about it, just take my trade. That's all I got to say. Shout, shout out to the guys in the basement, including myself. So I uh, need a big week here against my brother, and uh, that starts tonight with uh, the Sabres and the Capitals. Okay, cap or no cap, Harp? Yep, let's move on. All right, so that is Fantasy Corner for this week. Good stuff. We'll move on to cap or no cap now, and uh, got to start with this one. Uh, so the Jack Eichel trade is a win for both the Vegas Golden Knights and the Buffalo Sabres. Cap or no cap, Case? I know it's in your contract, but 
just uh, let's let's get an answer from you on this one. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to tell my uh, lawyer here earmuffs. Just throw them on for a sec. I'll give a wave at the camera when you're ready to listen again. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna say no cap. This is a win. Uh, Buffalo probably could have got a little more in return if they played a little more of a waiting game, but there was there's no more time they had to do it now and the grievance was going to be filed and it was kind of weighing on the team and, and there's so much in the media that he just had to go and um it's good to get at least something from them pretty two service serviceable players tuck's a great player in the kind of the middle of your lineup there and krebs has a high ceiling and you know a couple picks out of that like it could be worse it definitely got overshadowed by the leaked calgary trade that could have happened yeah. And then Vegas, I mean, you talk about their top line once everyone's off IR, that's going to be absolutely filthy there. And they've got that center. That's always what we've talked about in Vegas is they need a center. They need yeah. like a true number one center. There's a few guys that can fill in pretty well there, but there's no number one center on that team. And while well, they got it and that Patretti, Eichel and Stone line is going to be filthy for sure. Yeah, Chad? It, it really is. And uh, the Athletic actually did their top 10 lines ranking, and I believe they're top five. I'd have to check again, but uh, just based on, I think it's the GAR model that they were using, uh, Games Above Replacement. So there's that. Um, so it will definitely be good, and I can't wait to see it when everybody's healthy because that's been the story of the Vegas Golden Knights is they're just not healthy. So uh, they're going to be scary when they are. I'm going to go ahead and say no cap. I'm going to agree with Case here that uh, it was a win for both sides. Um, we talked about last week, like, you know, the fact that Vegas were the front runners and it was brought up in cap or no cap. Uh, and, and Harp, you were kind of spot on with asking that question and assuming that he would be traded in about a week or so to the Vegas Golden yep. Knights. So I wanted to shout that out. Um, Thank you. But but we brought it up last week, and, and we were talking about how Vegas were the front runners, but they didn't want to part ways with Peyton Krebs. And I said in that segment, like, that's like for me, if they're not willing to part ways with Peyton Krebs, it's a non-starter. I don't understand how they were the front runners, especially because then we saw the supposed leak trade with Calgary that involved Matthew Kachuk, which, by the way, ended up being fake and uh Poor Kevin Weeks, like he took a huge hit to his credibility uh, after leaking that, which I mean, it happens, right? Like if you're a reporter and you get this information, like that's your job is to report it. And so he did. Yeah. Um, but we believe that he got that information from the Sabres, which was false uh, to kind of stir the pot and, and make this whole thing go faster. At least that's the theory. But he took a bit of uh, a hit to his credibility but anyways back to Krebs the whole yeah. point was that it was like if he's not included why are you even talking to them but then he was and I was so happy to see that he was I think Buffalo got honestly more than I was expecting them to get given like the talks surrounding it um, and, and I'm glad that you know the deal is finally done I think it's definitely a win for, for both sides yeah, for sure. Um, it's, you know, just to jump in, it's a win for everybody involved. I mean, this is a divorce that needed to happen. They were out of time. And that's why I asked the question last week, guys, you know, will cap or no cap, will we see this happen this week? Because if it didn't and Eichel talked, um, because that was going to be the day no matter what, if he was still a Sabre or not, that he was going to decide to talk to Elliot Friedman, the interview that I think um, we've all seen, most have seen by now, um, you know, 
that uh, that conversation would have gone differently. I think so. It was yeah. it was it was really ugly. It needed to end. And yeah, I think it's a win for for both sides. You know, there's a lot of people out there who will say, "Oh, Vegas won this trade and all of that." Like, you know, sure they got the best player in the deal, absolutely, and that's Jack Eichel. But it's a win for both sides that the Sabers. Uh, get those assets. They get the guy they wanted in Krebs. They get Alex Tuck, who um, is a upstate New York guy, right? He he grew up watching the Sabers and and was really excited to come to Buffalo and be a part of the solution. So I think that was a big part of it too. Um, and uh, and then they get the first and the and the second. So you know a lot of talk about how it's got to be like those four pieces that add up to first round picks each well they ended up settling for three and then they got the second so you know what i think it's a good return for the sabers given the situation and for vegas too who got eichel and a third round pick so good for both sides yeah two things i want to say um before we get away from this other than you know, I, I think Vegas has to feel pretty good about this, getting their number one center and only losing like a 25 to 32 pick uh, and Krebs. But what I want to say about that is uh, I know it's been pointed out since, but it was the first thing that came to my mind when I thought about Krebs getting traded. And that's every first round pick they've had is gone. It's like, yeah, holy shit, guys, like don't get drafted by Vegas. You're just going to get traded. Uh, and then the other thing is about Tuck, the other player in this deal in that that guy signed a seven-year contract in 2019 and he's already traded and it's like they do that every single time with these players it's like sign him to a seven to eight year contract and trade him away as soon as you don't feel their value anymore it's it's absolutely crazy and it's like yeah i know every player wants to play in vegas because it's vegas and taxes and money and all the great benefits they're a good team um but don't feel comfortable there if I were them, like, no, man, don't feel comfy in Vegas because you're just going to get treated. Man, Vegas does not give a fuck. Like, they will do, like, <laughs> they don't care about their players. Like, seriously, they want to win. That's what they're there yeah. for. And they're probably going to do it in the next five years when just looking at this roster. Um, that is above the salary cap, by the way, when everybody's healthy. So they're going to have to figure that shit out. But man, 27 million on LTIR. That's right. But they don't care. Like, they, you no. even look at the whole Flurry situation, too. And they wanted Marc Andre Flurry to find out via Twitter that he had been traded because they wanted to punish. Uh, his agent, Alan Walsh, for posting the sword stabbed in the back photo on Twitter. And that was yep. like that was like months prior. Like they are the pettiest team when it comes to shit like that. And it, like it doesn't matter if you sign long term, doesn't matter if they drafted and developed you. They're going to get the best player. They're going to get the new shiny thing and they're going to do everything they can to compete for the cup. And they don't give a shit. And I love it. I think it's amazing that someone like some team in the NHL has the balls to go out and do this because think about it like no like hardly any other teams in the NHL are going to be able to do this or or are going to want to do this um and i think it negatively impacts a lot of these teams in in the sense that they have poor asset management and i think if you look at Vegas there isn't a better team in the league at asset management and so there's just another prime example of it getting Eichel and giving up you know yes your first round pick Peyton Krebs but 
if you get an opportunity to get Jack frickin' Eichel, you do it, and they did. Yeah, crazy. And, uh, like, just quickly before we move on, like, th- th- it's so Vegas. Like, it, it, it's right on with with that whole brand and everything that uh, if there's – anytime there's a big-name player involved, they're going to try and, and go and get them. They got Mark Stone. They got Petrangelo. And now they got Jack Eichel. It just – it fits perfectly. And um, another good point – Case, you brought it up just about the first-round picks. Nick Suzuki, Cody Glass, Brandstrom, now Peyton Krebs, four that they've let go of. Um, Like, Jeff Merrick and Elliot Freeman brought this up. They brought up one guy in particular, Scott Luce, who's a, a Buffalo guy who is, like, the head of their scouting department, I believe. And that's what they basically said. Like, how do you think he's feeling right now? What's going through his mind with, like, all of these guys that he's sort of led the charge in drafting into the organization? They've all been dealt. And so um, Elliot's point to that when Jeff asked the question was just sort of like, Congratulations. You took Peyton Krebs seventeenth yeah. overall. You turned him into Jack Eichel. So but I just I wanted yeah, to say that the case because it, it was I, I'm glad you brought up the picks and uh yeah, Alex Tuck two years into us to a seven year contract. <laughs> we saw the same thing with Nate Schmidt and uh I think we're just gonna see it more from the Golden Knights. I think I'm so on board with what Elliot said there. It's like that's only praise for him. It it you're not just drafting a player you're drafting value and that yeah. all of yeah. the players he's picked have have brought in value so it's like that's a great scouting job in its own like sure he doesn't get to watch them grow on his team but it's like look at all the guys you brought in with those with those drafts so it's like yeah good on him you're drafting yeah. assets and that's what they've done like they've been the best in the league at, at managing their assets so good on them final point before we move on because i know we're going a bit long here on uh, this whole jack eichel cap or no cap but um think about this team now vegas again when everybody's healthy the, the sheer number of former captains on this team is something else. Like, So you've got Mark Stone, and now you've got Jack Geichel, and I believe Pacioretty was the, the captain of the Habs for, for a brief yep. stint. And then yeah. uh, yep. Petrangelo on the back end, captain of uh, the Stanley Cup winning uh, St. Louis Blues. So there's four right there, and they've got so much leadership in that room. And that was actually one of the things that uh, Kelly McCrimmon said in the press conference he, uh, after the Eichel trade. He was like, listen, I, I went out and thought to myself, we need uh, guys who, who know what it takes to you know win a Stanley Cup. We need leaders, essentially. And, and uh, of course, I'm paraphrasing. but That's this, Jack Eichel? Well, the, the whole leader narrative is is great like the amount of captains they have like i just think it's it's awesome and yeah you can make the point sure jack eichel hasn't won anything and you know maybe he wasn't the best leader in buffalo but it's just you know getting captain material and having so many of those guys like i think that's so important and vegas clearly does too yeah for sure last thing i'll say very happy to hear what eichel had to say about the city of buffalo and the fans um you could tell that it was heartfelt and uh anyway just glad that this is all over i know casey is so um (laughs) all right we can move on from that okay number two for cap or no cap uh wow Uh, Connor McDavid's goal Friday night versus the Rangers. I actually saw this live. I was watching the game and uh, wow. And so that is the goal of the year. 
and we won't see another one come even remotely close to it. Cap or no cap, Chadwick? No cap. That, that was the best goal of the year. It, there won't be anything better than it. When I saw it the first time, I had to do a double take to count how many players were in the frame of the opposing team. And there were four. And they talked about it on uh, on the 32 Thoughts podcast. And it was brought up like, you know, what other player looks at that situation like a one on four and thinks, you know, I know this is low percentage, but not for me. And then just does it. it like, it's just unbelievable. That goal will go down as one of the best, I think, uh, or maybe the best in McDavid's young career so far. And like I think it's goal of the year unless something absolutely ridiculous happens, but I, I just don't see that happening. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I'm gonna say cap for the exact reasons you just said at that point on, and that's because Connor McDavid is still playing in this league and he still has many games to beat his own goal. That's right. That guy is yeah. an absolute freak of nature. Uh, I'm gonna say no like only because Harper ended it with no one will even come close because McDavid's going to put up four or five more that you can throw in the same bucket as that goal. I just watched his highlight reel the other day and it was like, he's going to do it multiple times this year. So I'm going to say good. So good. That's that. That's an excellent point. Actually. Like he may very well beat his own goal of the year with another yeah, one I, I would five. not be surprised <laughs> yeah that's what will beat it case it'll be the exact same scenario but five opposing <laughs> players instead of four yeah yeah or oh one my five. yeah that was uh that was awesome like it just and i mean as as crazy as it was to see you're not even surprised like it's no. it's Connor no. mcdavid and absolutely love the press conference afterwards and i'm i'm paraphrasing of course but he said you know i'm getting paid big money like i i'm expected to score big goals and you know it just, just probably not job. a good idea to what's just that doing my job. just doing my yeah, job is what he yeah, said just doing my job so. exactly probably not a good idea to go one against four in that situation but just you know kind of found a way and man the oilers are going right now like one loss in regulation on the season and that game too when he scored that goal dry got the ot winner who's having an unbelievable year in his own right uh and they were down 4-1 in that game i watched the comeback and then they ended up winning 6-5 uh in overtime and uh mcdavid's reaction when he scored the goal like that holy shit kind of reaction yeah uh was was pretty awesome to see because he's so like even keel and just like whatever all the time so anyway all of it was just awesome harp did you see the tyson berry quote after that game about leon dreisaitl i I don't know if you guys saw this or not but no and again paraphrasing but I guess Dreisaitl came up to Barry on the bench and said something to the effect of this isn't even close to over when they were down by three goals. And then he goes in and gets three points and they win the game. And so when you just have two players on your team who can do the special things that Leon and Connor can do, it's just ridiculous. And Tyson Barry, of all people, gets to witness that firsthand and even contribute the occasional time to that. So it's just unbelievable. Yeah, don't. Don't take a penalty against them ever. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, really. yeah. Yeah. No, that that power play is absolutely lethal. Uh, OK, guys, one more to, uh, to uh, wrap up cap or no cap. The Arizona Coyotes, who got their first win over the weekend 
against the Seattle Kraken. They won't have more than 10 W's this season. Keep in mind, the 74-75 Capitals, the worst record of all time, 8-67-5. and five. So they won't have more than 10 W's this season, cap or no cap case. Oh, man, that's tough. 10 is mean. Um, that is mean. <laughs> I'm going to say cap. I'm going to say cap. I think that they, they're able to sneak out a couple more wins just with some of the veterans that they have on their team. Like those guys have won games before they know what it takes. Like there's going to be a few more gritty wins there. Plus I think if they can steal some from maybe a team like Chicago or a team like Nashville, although Nashville's playing pretty hot, weird. Um, but I don't know. Arizona playing in the West, like maybe a California road trip, you get a couple wins there or something. I, I think they get more than 10, but it's not going to be much more. It's going to be in like the 15 wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think they will get more than 10. It won't be many more, but I think just in terms of, um, you know, like if we just look at the, the sheer chances of them winning, like it's not going to be good every single night. But as we know, the, like, the game doesn't always follow the projections or the statistics. So I think they're, oh no. they're going to get fantastic goaltending from that Vamelka guy on maybe five more games throughout the season. Maybe they'll get another win from Scott Wedgwood if they actually keep him around for a bit this time. Um, it, like So I just think that there are certain anomalies that will happen throughout the season, and they will happen more than ten times. We've seen one win. They're out to a terrible start. But, you know, it's not like they're they're completely getting like run out of the building and gassed every single night. You know, like if they no. if they get some some above average goaltending and, and you get some guys who steal games and they're able to get, you know, some scoring from players who aren't typically known to, to score. Like, sure, I could definitely see more than 10 games. So that's where I'll, I'll fall on that answer. 10 is mean. Yeah. Like less than 10. Like Casey said, that's mean. <laughs> Yeah, again, the the 74-75 Capitals, eight wins that year. So anyway, but yeah, I I mean, the the Yotes, like Vimelka has played great. And yes, Wedgwood, what a stat line that is. He did the same thing for them in 2017-18 when they picked him up off waivers. So uh, that is great. But yes, again, (laughs) to your point, Chad, or sorry, Case, go ahead. Oh, just quickly on Vilmelka, like the fact that you're 7 and one, but have a nine thirteen save percentage. It's like come on, yeah. He he's played really well, and uh, you know with Arizona, like a lot of games recently. I think the the game they lost three nothing to Washington a couple of weeks ago. Like it was scoreless going into that third period. And Arizona was outworking the Capitals at times, but they just they have no finishers yeah. on this team. Yeah. So I was watching, talk about get. Uh, sorry, case. Go ahead. You get to talk about get get some good goaltending and um, this Valmeca guy. Um, the only win they've had this year, he let in the first two shots, and they switched to Wedgwood, and then they won the game. <laughs> it's yeah. just so that's exactly what you mean. As it doesn't go like to the formula of of the sport. It's yeah. just it's complete chaos in this league. You can make all the projections you want. Um, they tend to work better in in basketball, 
in soccer, in golf, like whatever. In hockey, like things just happen sometimes that nobody has any idea why and nobody can predict. So, like, I think 10 wins is is something that they'll do. Vamelka, he's deserved probably three or four wins from how he's played. And what I was going to say earlier, Case, uh, before I interrupted you there, was that, uh, Harp, I was watching that game between Arizona and, and the Capitals. And I remember texting the chat being like, who the hell, like, who is this guy? Who is Vamelka? Like, he put up yeah. probably four or five like 10 bell saves up into like between the first two periods. And I was like, this guy's going to steal a game. So, you know, like that's what happens when you have a team that is, that is tanking. You get some unexpected performances from guys who, you know, well, by definition, like who you didn't expect to to do that. And then, you know, you kind of see what you have in them. So I'm glad that Vimalka is getting a bit of a, a, a long leash here, I suppose you can call it, because it's uh, he's a guy who deserves to play. Proven, you know, he's proven how good he is this year so far. Yep, for sure. Uh, and again, love those uniforms on yeah. the Coyotes. They are awesome. Okay, uh, that's uh, that's good for cap or no cap, but we'll, we'll keep moving along here and uh, talk about some surprising slow starts to the 2021-22 NHL season. So again, this could be a team, a player, whatever, and we'll go into that now. So uh, Casey, let's go back to you. Let's get your surprising slow start to the season. Yeah, I don't know if uh, this just says something to the league that we love here or, or what it is, but I actually had a harder time finding slow starts than I did finding hot starts. And then I, I would say that's a great thing. You know, I started looking at some of the slow starts when it comes to teams and it's like uh, you can't really blame them too bad when it comes to injuries and COVID and like everything that's happening to teams like Pittsburgh, for example, or uh, Vegas is is like five and five, but they their whole team is hurt. It's like, mm-hmm. what do you really want to see happen there? I don't know. It's tough. Um, I did kind of settle on one team and and I'll be pretty quick here because I don't have too much to say. Like I'm almost certain this team's going to bounce back. Um, I did have them ranked pretty high. I expect them to t- come top five in this league. Uh, three reasons why I'm going to talk about the Colorado Avalanche, and that's uh, team defense, it's forward depth, and goaltending. All three of these things have been pretty disappointing when it comes to this season. Um, right now, they're 29th in goals against average. This is a team that when you look at their decor, you think it's probably the best in the league. While it really hasn't worked out for them so far. And uh, I don't know, you can just tell in the amount of goals they're allowing. And that also ties into my second point of Darcy Kemper, who has, you know, that was a big trade. They put a lot of assets into this guy. They, they flipped Grubauer out and then and traded for Kemper. And he's been sort of disappointing in this season so far, in my opinion. Uh, and then the last point before I pass it over to you guys, like I'm not touching too much on these, but the last point is forward depth. There's been a couple injuries up front that has caused some some other guys to come in uh, to the lineup and, and try to make their mark here, but it just hasn't worked out. And that's kind of scary for this team because you need depth when it comes to the playoffs. You can't just rely on your 12 guys because guys are going to get hurt. And there's some guys that have stepped in and it, it's just not worked out. Uh, there's a couple uh, former Devils that not really doing much and Stefan Matteau when when that guy's in your lineup I don't know if you're a top team anymore um Maltsev uh 
Tout hasn't really been the guy we want him to be. Um, there's like Jason Megna is is, play, is slotting into the lineup. He couldn't. He's an AHL Toronto. guy. Like, there's so, exactly. There's so many AHLers on this team right now. I think um, the whole bottom line is is pretty AHLy, other than Darren Helm. But like uh, his prime was seven years ago. And then there's like yeah. Sampu Rantna, and it's like there's just the depth just isn't there. Like the top guys have been going on this team as they normally are. You know, Landeskog and McKinnon and Rantanen when he's healthy, Makar, all the guys are clicking except for all the depth around them. So this team's kind of struggling right now. But like I said, they start to get healthy, they start to go on a roll. I, I have no doubt that this team's going to be a playoff team, but. Uh, I'm starting to get scared for what's going to happen to them in the playoffs when I see this team's depth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you certainly want more from this team. Like, just given how the, like this roster has been built, and you know, we can talk about some of their big guys missing time. Like, you know, we talked about McKinnon missing some time at the start of the season, and Ranton and being out for a bit, and McCarr, I believe, is out now, maybe for a little bit. And so it's just yeah. like, it, so it's not like things haven't been going their way on the injury front. So you would expect for for things to start going well, but. Yeah, Kemper is another one who has been, you know, towards the bottom of the NHL um, in my favorite stack, goal saved above expected. So that's something that you would expect to be turned around playing on, on you know, a good team that typically doesn't allow uh, too many high danger scoring attempts, but has been uh, throughout the these first 10, 12, 15 games of the season. So there's a lot that's not going right for Colorado right now. But just given how this team is built, I really do think it, they'll bounce back. They'll be a playoff team. I think they'll be a good playoff team too. Um, but yeah, that depth is something that is making me a bit nervous. Like just looking at that fourth line case, like as you mentioned, like, and, and Harp said too, it's like an AHL fourth line, like, you know, aside from maybe Darren Helm, but yeah, it's just not good so far. I do expect things to turn around. There are a few players who are underperforming, but uh you know, overall, this is uh, the topic of the episode, slow starts, and Colorado certainly has had one. Yeah, no, good pick, Case, and, uh, you know, again, long-term, not too worried about Colorado. They're still going to be a playoff team, I think. They will get their act together here. They've had some injuries and stuff, but, yeah, I, I just, you know... It's like Tampa Bay, right? You you look at a team like that, and Colorado is certainly a, a, a Stanley Cup contender, I think. And, and you know, you're wanting your young players on entry-level deals, cheap deals to come in and uh, contribute into the lineup to that depth. And they're just not getting it right now from guys like Kout. We haven't really seen a guy like Shane Bowers either in the lineup and uh, Logan O'Connor, you know, just to name a few and uh, you know I, I was surprised they didn't really add very much depth in the offseason to their forward group and we're seeing that now you know Darren Helm okay but he's a fourth line center at best not getting any younger I think they had Artem Anisimov on a PTO let's not forget they lost a very good third liner on this team and Brandon Sod who went to uh who went to St. Louis and then looking on the back end as well I do think they miss Ryan Graves. Let's not forget Ryan Graves a couple of years ago had the best plus minus in the National Hockey League. And, uh, you know, hopefully Kemper can I, turn things around. But they gave a lot up for him, like you said, Case. So 
I am laughing all the way to the bank on that Ryan Graves trade. I'll tell you, like the guy has played 24 minutes a night for the Devils. He's like, let's see, he's a plus seven. He's got a goal and four assists in 10 games. Like what else, What more can you ask from a defensive defenseman who's paired up with Dougie Hamilton? It's like, that's like the best top top pair right now the Devils have seen in five, well, 10 years. So that guy is such a necessary player for a team because how many teams have we've seen where like they have a, a stud offensive defenseman that plays one side and then on the other side they just play with a guy who can defend you know and, and sometimes they make league minimum even like I'm, I'm looking yeah. at you know like the Tampa Bay Lightning Victor Hedman and then they've got him playing with you know Jan Ruta half the time so it's like or or Zach Bogosian the year prior so there are a lot of these pairings in the NHL that happen and Ryan Graves fits that bill of a guy who can defend and knows how to play with a top end player but he's just like straight up better than a lot of other pairings that we've seen and he's able to do it consistently in the top four and yeah so definitely they're missing that player um to be fair to the team they were going to lose him in the seattle expansion draft seattle would 100 have taken him um so you know it is what it is like they got some value for him i do appreciate that asset management but they're definitely missing him there on the back end that's for sure yeah and yeah. and again with the forward group, they lost Don Scoy as well, and I yeah. don't think that's insignificant when it comes to their depth in the bottom six. So yeah. he's another guy as well. So we'll wait and see. Not too concerned, but uh, if they keep kind of just treading along here like they have been, then we can start to get concerned. So definitely a slow start for them. Yeah. yeah. The uh, so in the Athletic, I read last week when. This guy was falling in Toronto. Like, of course, there were a ton of articles about, you know, what's happening to this team. Why'd they start below 500? Well, Colorado and Vegas and Toronto all started below 500. I think this was about eight games into the season that I read this article. And those three teams actually were projected by the athletics model to be one, two, and three in total points for in the NHL. And they all started below 500. So again, that's just another point in saying like, you know, the statistics, the projections, like they're fine. They give you a good idea of what's going to happen, but it doesn't always paint the entire picture and and the NHL does crazy things. So yes, Colorado is still one of the best teams in the league. Yes, they did have a slow start. Those two things can can coexist and and be said in the same sentence. Yes, that's for sure. Okay, Chadwick, your slow start to this season. The Montreal Canadiens. And uh, I've been waiting to talk about shocker about this team for the longest time. Uh, I like personally, it's not shocking to me that they finished or that they've played, you know, 13 games and they've only won three of them so far this year because they finished 18th in the regular season last year. Uh, They didn't get better. They lost their number one defenseman and their starting goalie. So you can't say that they got better after those uh, notable subtractions. So I already mentioned their record. They're dead last in the Atlantic Division right now. They have the third worst goal differential in the NHL behind two of the absolute worst teams in the league right now, Arizona and Chicago. Those are the only teams that have, have a worse goal differential than Montreal. Um, I will say, though, a bit of a caveat. Uh, they have the second lowest shooting percentage in the NHL right now, a team shooting percentage. So you have to expect that will go up. So, I mean, it's not all doom and gloom in Montreal. I think they will improve, but it's been a terrible start so far. 
Um, I just have a, a few more stats that I want to get through, and then I'll get your guys' opinion. Um, they only have one line that has controlled the majority of expected goals this season, and it's not even their top line. It's Druin, Dvorak, and Anderson. And they've controlled 52.1% of the expected goals, so barely over half. Um, and that's been their best line this season, according to expected goals. Of course, you can make the argument that Suzuki has more points than anybody else on that line. But, you know, just in terms of framing it that way, that's been their best line. And they only have one of them that's been in the positive of expected goals, which is not good. Uh, Jake Allen is their starting goalie, of course. Uh, and then Sam Montembeau has been uh, back there as their backup. Montembeau has not been good when he's played. Jake Allen has been slightly below average like fine but if you think about this team like the only way that they're that they get wins typically i mean especially in the playoffs is stellar 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 goaltending from Carey price and they haven't had that they've had pretty much average goaltending all year or below average so it hasn't been good um a few players that haven't been you know great this year cole caulfield as we know talked about last episode uh one point through 10 games got sent down to the ahl that's tough for anybody who drafted him in fantasy or traded for him like adam did uh my other league so that sucks casey did in our league that's right um (laughs) Jeff Petrie, though, the Calder. Case, <laughs> case, here we go. Jeff Petrie, this is another one for fantasy that is just brutal. Last year in fantasy, Petrie, in, in the way our league is structured, f- would have finished 44th among all players in total points. And I was very high on Petrie at the start of the year because he pretty much does everything. You know, he, he hits, he scores, he puts up a ton of assists, power play points, etc. And especially because Weber isn't there, you'd think that Petrie would be having an even better year because of, uh, you know, more opportunity to play. Well, he has just two assists in 13 games. He hasn't been great at all. Um, and it's really impacting my fantasy team. I got him in the seventh round in both of my leagues, and I'm still waiting for him to, to do well. Um, in terms of playoff odds, that's something that we, we talked about and, you know, something I could have predicted or or did predict at the start of the season that the Montreal Canadiens would not make the playoffs. Money Puck has them at 24%, which I think is pretty generous given the competitiveness of the Atlantic Division. The Athletic, though, might be a bit harsh. They have them at 1% projected to make the playoffs, uh, and they project them to finish fifth last in the NHL. So final point before I pass it to you guys, I was looking at, um, you know, Dom Ducharme, because this was the the narrative last year, right? They they fired uh, their coach, and Dom Ducharme was the new guy in town, and he stuck around, and and so you know he's he's the guy going forward. His record with the Habs is 18, 26, and seven in the regular season. So my question then to you guys, given all of this, like, is it time to fire? Ducharme should should the Habs fans overreact right now and call for his head like what like what's going on with the Habs will they get better case uh, we'll just go to you uh what's his record in the playoffs <laughs> okay thank you we'll, yeah. we'll stick with Ducharme for a little longer <laughs> he's just got to have better players like I can't really blame it on him very much like you've talked about it a lot Chad that there's not a lot of goal scorers on this team well I'll tell you you're not going to win many games with Carey Price out and scoring two goals a game. That's their average. There's a lot of problems there, and they they really need some guys to start clicking. And like you said, Caulfield is is the main contributor to that. We really need him to come back and score some goals. Um, 
for this team badly. So um, I really don't have much else to say. Like after all these great stats you brought up, this team has looked like absolute hot garbage. And it's uh, another tip to the cap at the randomness of the NHL and, and everything that happens in this league because this team went to the Stanley Cup finals last year and now they're going to be you know, in the bottom five at this rate. I would say that um, I didn't gather all these stats and pick this slow start to talk about, um, you know, because I, I didn't want to roast the Habs or whatever, but I, I definitely did. And I wanted to bury them <laughs> because I'm sick of hearing it. Like, it, so for example, Adam, w- w- we we're texting the other day and he sends me shit about the Leafs all the time. Like, fair enough. They beat them in the playoffs. Like, that was so stupid. I can't believe it happened. But Adam sends me shit all the time, and he talks about how the Habs should be better. They should be a better team. They should be scoring more goals. And I just think, like, this roster is constructed so poorly in my mind that having to rely on elite goaltending is not, you know, a recipe for success. So I, I wanted to bring all of these out just if, if Adam is listening, just to say, like, I don't think this team should be much better than they are i think they should be a bit better but like this is not a playoff team by any stretch of the imagination um at least in my mind and in in various models that we've seen i mentioned too money puck and the athletic i think at this point for the habs the best thing for them uh, would be to to get a high draft pick in this coming draft, maybe even the number one pick in Shane Wright, because you've never really seen a clear direction with this team the last few years. And that run was miraculous last year, but it took a lot out of guys. Shea Weber likely is done for the rest of his career. Carey Price is just getting back. He, he will just be... Uh, getting back um, out of the player assistance program, which is fantastic. That should give them a nice boost. Um, but it just, like, you know, when they lost to no, that's a big loss for them. Perry was great and, and everything. But, yeah, again, just back to my point, they haven't really had a, a direction. You know, we're going to go all in this year. Okay, we're going to take a, you know, uh, we're going to sort of hang on, see what happens this year. There's been no sort of clear, direct plan. And so, I don't know, maybe at this point you do sell off some veterans and and sort of focus on a, a younger group and and maybe try and build things back up. So, I don't know. That's just what I think. Yeah. What do you guys think? To, on uh, that I kind of think, yeah, like with what you're talking about, Harp, I, what that sounds like to me is they're like the Minnesota of the East They've always yeah. been like this tweener team that like they keep trying to make a push to, to do a playoff thing when really they should maybe take a step back. You think about their last two years um, in a regular season, they wouldn't have made the playoffs last year and they went to the Stanley Cup. The year before that, they won the play in series and made the playoffs. It's like both of those seasons, it's not really a playoff season, although they made it. So maybe it's time to take the step back and, and get some some drafting going get some development of some of these players and, and trade off some of the veterans but mm-hmm. um i bet you if you talk to any montreal fan out there they're gonna say absolutely not exactly that's just, yeah. that's just how they yeah. demand what they demand of this team dude yeah. exactly and like n- no habs fan is gonna sit through a rebuild i'm sorry they just won't have it because this team has mm-hmm. pieces and they expect to be in the playoffs but you mentioned, well, you know, I started out by mentioning this last year. They finished 18th in the NHL, but by some, you know, 
crazy craziness of the standings. Like they ended up going to the the Stanley Cup Finals. So that's crazy. And then the year before that, in the play-in round, they were in twenty fourth spot. They were the worst team to compete in the playoffs ever because they finished in in the twenty fourth spot. They're in terms of winning percentage. So it's just like this team hasn't been good. And I don't see this team getting any better, especially in such a tough Atlantic division where, you know, Ottawa is getting better. Detroit, as we've seen, has gotten better and and looks really good, frankly. Like, they're not a playoff team yet, but I think they could be next year. Like, seriously, I think they're that good. And uh, so I just look at this team and think, yes, they probably need to sell some some people and, you know, sell them off at the deadline and get some... uh, get some assets in return but they won't they don't want to do that and Bergevin doesn't want to do that because then it's his job on the line and they probably go with someone else to walk them through a rebuild so all that being said you know I don't see the Habs being this bad as the season goes on I do think they will get a little better but uh man I don't see them being a playoff team at all oh and I will say too don't pick third overall if you're the Habs just don't pick third overall Pick it. Pick second. Pick fourth. Pick tenth. Don't pick third because it, it won't <laughs> yeah. work out. <laughs> yeah, he'll uh, he'll be gone, offer sheeted by the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah. Um. All right. So uh, my surprise slow start then to to wrap things up and you know it's it's not that bad of a start I think but I definitely expected this team to be better just uh, from some of the moves that they made in the offseason and uh, just some of the young studs that they have already and that's the Vancouver Canucks so they're five six and one out of the gate now they are coming off a big win over the Dallas Stars uh, on Sunday so that's good but uh, just looking at some stats here guy picked out three players in particular Elias Pettersson only has two goals in 12 games I actually watched Vancouver lose to Nashville uh, on a Friday night and I gotta tell you guys like especially on the power play which has been a problem for Vancouver that I'll get to in a second um, Pettersson just needs to shoot the puck like as soon as he gets it he just needs to to let it fly to me he looks very tentative trying to make the pretty play uh so he has struggled so far after the big extension um oel only three points in 12 games that was the big question too um can he get back to being a top defenseman like jim benning and the canucks organization envisions him uh being and jason dickinson another nice addition to their bottom six uh from the offseason He's only got one point in 10 games. And so I'll go to the power play now, which just hasn't been good enough. It was better against Dallas, but still uh, just nine for 49 guys, 20th in the National Hockey League. And just which is mind boggling to me with all of the talent that they have up front. It's a very top heavy group. When you look at their forwards, I think we can all agree, and you've got your quarterback in in Quinn Hughes on the man advantage. This power play should be better, should it not? So I just – I look at Vancouver. They've really struggled out of the gate, very inconsistent. I will say that Demko has looked great, but he can't steal every single game for them. So this group has to be better. What do you guys think? I completely agree, and and this one's been – pointing to me this start because i i do have them pretty high in, in my mind when it comes to that division and i was hoping for them to be a little better you know canadian team and and 
a team I've I've always had a, a little little uh, liking to. That's for sure. Um, what I will say though is I have three guys in fantasy with Vancouver, and they're they're three best players so far this year, and that's Thatcher Demko, JT Miller, my dad, and uh, Connor Garland, who yeah. has also played pretty well. But that's the problem with what I've seen with Vancouver right now is those guys are buzzing, but they're the second line. You need your yeah. top line to really kind of pick it up and start playing much better. And and that starts with Pedersen, that's for sure. And then special teams is absolutely killing them. Like you said, Harp, that power play has been abysmal on, on a team that should be pretty good. They've got the net mm-hmm. front presence guy in Miller, and you got a couple guys who love to shoot the puck. You watch all the highlights of Pedersen, it's he shoots the puck. So he's got to get back to that. You're 100% right, Harp. And then the worst penalty kill in the league. Uh, to start the season at yeah. 63.9%. Ooh. Special teams is absolutely killing this team, and I know that all too well being a Devils fan. So <laughs> they've got to solve the special teams, and once some of the, the bigger names start clicking, I think that this team's going to start climbing their way back up this kind of poor division. Yeah, but totally. Definitely a slow start, Art. Yeah, totally agree. Slow start. Case talking about your your fantasy team so you have those three canucks i have two of them in my other league i've been trying to pry these two off of you in our league uh (laughs) demko and miller um miller is so good like i think he's ranked like 10th in the the league right now um i love him yeah he's excellent just wait until this team starts scoring power play goals case he might be a top five player by the end of the year in fantasy sorry let me correct you there. Uh, JT Miller is ranked fourth in the league in fantasy points. Thank you. Yep, there you go. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> incredible player. And it, just wait until they start scoring some power play points. Like I said, he might be top five at the end of the year. I wouldn't be shocked. Um, I think I took him in the fifth round in my other league. So, I don't know where you took him, Case. Probably about the same. I know I have my eyes on him, but he's a fantastic player. Pedersen's got to get going. You guys are right. Um, but, you know, special teams and everything like they're going to turn it around like this division is not very good i think um no they're they're still a playoff team in, in my mind so like in the in the pacific i mean i don't know what we had picked right now i've got to make room for vancouver though i think they deserve to be there they're they're a playoff team and especially if you get like vesna caliber seasons from demco as well like you can't waste these so they'll figure it out and, and they'll put it all yeah. together and, and they'll be a playoff team and then whatever happens after that is is you know magic beans who knows but definitely a slow start one more thing to note about the canucks too travis hammonick has returned so I don't think that's insignificant, and I think it's going to take uh, the load off of guys like Tucker Pullman and some others on that back end. So he should help them out a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely expect uh, Vancouver to turn it around a little bit. And, again, Demko, from what I've seen, has been excellent. Uh, his play um, definitely has not um, had a huge effect on uh, on their record they they just and what i mean by that is they just haven't played very well in front of him so yeah. uh he's been really good so anyway there we go all right thanks for listening surprising slow starts to the season so far you can hit us up on our instagram at boys in the booth let us know what you think and uh thanks so much for listening again this week thanks guys take care this has been another episode of boys in the booth with harper cody chad melbourne and casey abrams New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.
Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth. 